zone. Yes, seven days in a week. Man, you ain't big pop. I'm your big bad booty daddy in the non-stop. Big meaty man slapping me. Thanks for thanks for bringing the jackal. Thanks for jacking it. I, you know, the, Angelica uh, podcast. Don Calais. Don, Don Calais here at the podcast. Yeah, yeah. and I also have a uh, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's an OG right there. And this, you want to see this? Super, look, look at this finishing move. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit! That's crazy. You know what, what was that? What was that show that was on Nickelodeon, like with the action figures? Action League Kablam. Now. Action League Now. Well, I that was on thought, Kablam, yeah. I always thought what they did was they took a flesh, they took this figure and they painted him with blonde hair, and that's how they made the flesh. Because they look identical. If <laughs> they you look, look identical. Face. They do look exactly the same. It's very possible that the flesh was just a. Conan the Barbarian action figure. So when I was a kid, I always wondered, like, I wonder if that's what they really did to make the flesh. They just repainted a Conan head. <laughs> I mean, right. I have to figure out, find out what they did with Michael Myers with the mask. I was like, shit. Oh, yeah. It's a Shatner yeah. mask. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Weird. That blew my mind. I was like, William Shatner? He's been horrifying me all these years? <laughs> He's been horrifying yeah. a lot of people for many years. Yep. <laughs> well, let's Let's dive in, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, welcome to the Wrestling Reanimator podcast. I am Mike Lewis. I'm joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my good buddy, Derek Warnke. What's going on, Wrestling Universe? We got a lot of wrestling to talk about, fellas. We sure do. And we also have another special guest. Uh, same as last week, we had such a good time. We said, "Hey, let's let's just do it again," and we tagged him right back in. Chris, Young Christ, you're thank you for I'm joining here. us. I'm back. Thank you guys for having me again. He's Pleasure. back. I am back and better than that. He's back. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you guys for having me. I can't wait to start talking about wrestling. We got Extreme Rules, Dynamite. <laughs> we do have Extreme Rules. Is it is it still extreme rules? Like I mean, it's regular rules, man. That's what I was saying. It's regular <laughs> rules. It's single one semi extreme match. And one extreme quote unquote match that they save until the very end, um, and it was uh, it was less extreme and more just just batshit crazy, um, fellas. <laughs> First of all, yeah. they gotta change, get rid of extreme rules. It's not extreme rules. Get rid of it. Just yeah. it's call like, it something else. It's like lethal lockdown with no cage matches. Bring back great balls of fire. Yeah, do yeah. something. Like whatever happened to Backlash or all those like regular Armageddon. Like what happened to those regular names? Like Judgment mm-hmm. Day, where it was just a thing. vengeance. Rather than, vengeance, rather than like a match. But I don't know. We got to, they got to do something that week. I mean, extreme rules on the whole, you know, pretty, pretty good pay-per-view. All things considered there, you know, nothing too much to complain about. I mean, Charlotte and Alexa, you know, we'll see what that was kind of a, the ending was a little awkward, but uh, 
when I talk about awkward endings, I really there's no bigger one than the main event, Finn versus Roman. I mean, that match. I think any casual WWE fan, casual wrestling fan that's familiar with that, those two guys, that's a match that everyone was pretty hyped for, uh, and and it delivered. It delivered for sure, and then the ending happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a weird ending. And it's like one of those things where, like, you don't know whether to be mad or whether to be, like, surprised or happy that WWE can still surprise you. And with, with some retarded half-ass finish, they almost <laughs> uh, they almost butchered Finn's balls and they made an event at the same time. But I don't know. It, it was kind of so bad that it was entertaining that I was just like, Okay, I guess this I guess that happened. But it so weird. Such a weird finish. Such a weird finish. Like I I I get like okay, we've seen them like lower the lights before and like really like play with the presentation of it all, like to make a match different. Um, but does anybody ever remember them just like straight up playing a wrestler's theme music like like randomly in the middle of the match while he kicked the shit out of his opponent. That yeah. was weird. And yeah. Finn was on the floor like a fish, like yeah. <laughs> synchronized to his beat. And I don't know. It, it was it was interesting. But I mean, where do you guys stand on the actual ending? I mean, the the, the top rope just randomly snapping. Derek, I know you got something to say. Oh my god. I mean, you know, listen, I think crazy. they did what they had to do. But this is WWE. Can you like fix your shit? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, just put some fucking duct tape on it. Be fucking good to go, bro. Yeah. Almost kill one of our fucking guys. And then we're going to have yeah. to sell. Because I, I, I mean, I heard, wasn't Finn supposed to win that match? Well, I don't, I don't know if Finn was supposed to win that match. I think, I think Roman, they had to find a way to make the demon not lose legitimately to keep that gimmick strong. And they had to find a way to not have Roman lose. I mean, like Roman's their top guy in every way right now. And they're saving him for Brock probably. Yeah. Which is what you, what you got to do. Yeah. So they can take him over to Saudi Arabia. And Oh God. Oh God. (laughs) And, What happened? Yeah. What happened? (laughs) What? How did we get here? This used to be a better place. What happened? This is like taking what happened. What the fuck? We used to have Bret Hart versus fucking Shawn Michaels. We used to have we used to have Stone Cold Rock. We used to have Mankind Triple H, and now we fucking have. Hey. Fuck Mania. Fuck all the other pay-per-views. Let's have him go to Saudi Arabia and wrestle for a belt that doesn't even mean shit. It's a green <laughs> universal title with well, some they, palm that trees. Thing is not even around anymore. It's they, got some palm trees and shit on it. It looks fucking stupid. Yep. The, the guy who won that title is not even there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Braun Strowman won that title. I was like, oh, God, there's like a Saudi Arabian championship now. And then uh, the, Braun Strowman's fired. And I never saw that belt ever again after that. He's game. got it at his house. He has to have that belt at his house. He should. I hope he does. And when he, sh- I hope he brings it with him to Impact. Oh, That'd be pretty sick. 
and they burn it on fire they burn it on fire that'd be dope oh god oh jesus well i mean as far as wwe goes you knew that like it was bound to get really wacky because now they're at the point where they're throwing everything at the wall because they don't want to admit that they're competing with AEW, but at the same time they have to compete with AEW. And I, I now that the draft is coming up, man, I, I have no idea what to expect. I have no clue where this train is headed. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's kind of scary, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what to expect either as far as because SmackDown is such is such in such a good place that it's it kind of like you don't really know if you want them to kind of be messed with or tampered with. But then Raw mm-hmm. is also kind of just like like in this stagnant place of just like, yo, can you can we please get something different? And it's like they need change, but I don't know. I feel like it's just gonna be interesting. It's gonna be super interesting, but Going back to that, um, to the Finn, to the Finn and, and Roman finish, I would have would have much rather preferred like a actual finish. Like I guess people were mm-hmm. expecting. And if they wanted Finn to lose or Roman, whoever, it could have just done its course. Because in the match, there was a lot of, um, I believe the Usos came in at one point. So yeah. I felt like at that point too, it was up in the air where people could have this their belief could have been Finn could have won, could have won, or Roman could have won. So they could have just wrote that out instead of just dropping that that top rope. Exactly. But, I don't, I don't know, but it was a cool match though. There were some cool spots. I saw there were. Finn had a, a a Finley spot where he pulled the apron, and I was like, oh, uh huh, yeah, yeah. That's and then he had he had like four fucking Kendo sticks all wrapped into one. I thought that, that was pretty dope. cool, but um, yeah, the that match was extreme. Had, it was super extreme, the most extreme. Did we even get a table spot? I th- we did get a table spot, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we should have. It's extreme rules. They better give us a table. <laughs> Yeah, man. You know what my favorite part was? My favorite part is when the American announced team and the Spanish announced team bled over each other on national <laughs> television. That was my favorite part. What the fuck happened there? That guy got fired fast. Dude, and, and here you're like, before you're talking about like WWE, hey man, this is WWE, don't duct tape shit. Like that felt, that felt like it was that audio. Feed was pretty duct taped before that thing started. Uh, I bet that motherfucker sat there and he was like, "All right, just just play the American one. Do I play the American one or do I play the Spanish one?" And he said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna hit both. I'm gonna hit both and see what the fuck happens." Yeah, just exactly. Die, fucking diary in the middle of a pay per view. <laughs> I got nothing to lose. <laughs> fuck it, dude. <laughs> Yo, it's funny that you say that because there's been times where I've watched AEW and I've heard like a basketball game. And I yeah. don't know if it's just me. And yeah. I, I, that shit is just hilarious to me because I just pictured like exactly what you're saying. Like somebody in, in like the truck or something just like fucking panicking and like trying to press every. Oh, yeah. Fix, fix their shit. Listen, man, I can tell you straight up from working in the sports industry, I can tell you like the, the guys in the truck, they have the most thankless jobs in the world. Like those guys make it happen. Yeah. Um, and in those situations, I feel so bad for those guys more than anyone. <laughs> but Derek, to your point, like it it was excessive. Like I understand, like if it, if you run into the problem and it lasts like a few minutes, but it, it was like persistent in the pay per view. Yeah. Oh, internet's Surprise back enough. to being shit again. He'll turn. <laughs> <laughs> 
from the internet. Yeah, he'll turn from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so talking about a promotion that doesn't seem to piss us off every week we watch it. Uh, AEW, man, AEW Dynamite this week was once again, start to finish, just a lot of fun. Uh, starting off with, uh, well, for, well, before we get into it, I mean, CM Punk on commentary. Pretty oh. awesome. Pretty awesome. I love CM Punk on commentary, even when he did it for that brief little moment in WWE. when yep. he Because he was so, he did it for a short amount of time and he created a bunch of little memories. Like, oh, can I wear the blazer? And then oh, I, I love that. You know what I mean? Like, he's <laughs> That just, was pretty cool. He, and yeah, he's just so good at just performing, like, and just being cool and just being something you can enjoy listening to or just watching. So him on commentary, always. Like, I'm always going to be, like, super open to that. Always, man. And and it, it just, like, it helps to have someone that just really puts perspective into what you're watching. Um, you know, a couple little callbacks on the air, a little couple little nods to Gorilla Monsoon with the what a maneuver. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love I love how much fun that Punk is having now with wrestling again. Um, and it really did show on that commentary. And, and it just makes me excited because I think even when Punk's um, wrestling days might be over, I can 100% see him being a legitimate, like, like person to be commentary on uh, commentary. Right. Or like an analyst of some sort of like somebody like backstage, like, yeah. For sure. And they kicked off Dynamite with a great match. Oh I mean, God. Adam Cole, baby, versus Jungle Boy. Amazing uh, match. What a match. Yeah, boys. Like, what? Well, give me your thoughts. Uh, I thought it was an awesome match. I thought uh, two guys I wanted to see square up for a long time. So uh, Adam Cole is always just amazing to watch. Who doesn't love a good Adam Cole match? And uh, Jungle Boy looked awesome as ever. Um, I think it was a big match for him. And I think he did exactly what he needed to do. He hit the right spots. I think he went out there, kicked a lot of ass. Um, and when you want to put someone against like Adam Cole, who's almost done everything in this business there is to do. Um, I just thought everything was smooth, man. The whole match was just smooth. And uh, yeah, no complaints from me, man. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree, Derek. I would say, yeah, smooth like butter, man, because, and, and I can say this too, ever since Adam Cole, Adam Cole's, what, been in AEW for maybe a month now, this motherfucker been working. He's had, like, three matches. He and can fucking go. He could fucking go, and every time, you know, it's just, like, I'm excited every time. The This Jungle Boy match was, was a really, really good match, and a real fun opener, like, a real good way to start Dynamite. Fast-paced, a bunch of cool spots, a, a bunch of like false finishes that had me like, what? There was even a moment where um, I forget his his finisher, uh, Jungle Boy submission. Is it called a snare trap or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah. sick, man. I didn't know what it's called, and now that I know it's called that, I like it ten times more. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But there was a moment he got it, and shout out to Adam Cole because Adam Cole is really good at just selling the moment, whatever it is, and he's just there like ah, screaming, selling the finish, and then there his was a faces. moment. His faces, yeah, his faces, his facial expressions, it's very believable. And it really had me believing, like, oh my God, Adam Cole could probably lose, lose this. And then, you know, the match went on to what it to what it to what it uh, eventually would, would be. 
but it was a fucking tremendous fun match to watch all the way around. Man, Adam Cole is operating at a hundred, and I need and I love to see him. Wh- whoever they put him up against, when they when I saw him go up against Luchasaurus, I was like Luchasaurus, and that was amazing. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I want to see this match more because he's making me. He, he's like a perfect example of a superstar who can make other people like a, like a superstar. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, hundred percent. He easily makes me care about Very anybody well else who's in the ring in the ring with. So, but yeah, Adam Cole, man, put him in some more matches. I don't care what matches he's in. Uh, I think he elevated. So yeah, shout out Adam Cole, man. Yeah, yeah I'm dude. glad that they gave them time too. You know, like yes. they didn't. They they let him go for a while, and I was sitting there going, "My God, they there's there's like another hour and a half of this show, yeah, <laughs> and we've only gone through one match." So, um, kudos to AEW. They really let these guys, you know, go, and they let especially and Derek, you you mentioned it in the last show. Um, just every AEW show seems to just have an unbelievable start. Um, hot open, and it's just yeah, hot open every week. Um, and you know, they did they did use that time right after to kind of get into some storyline stuff and start some new stuff. Um, one of them that I don't think is getting a whole lot of play right now, but uh, I think it was a li- an interesting little segment with uh, the Lucha Bros and uh, Andrade. Oh. Um, Andrade basically insinuating that they haven't defended their AAA tag team titles in a while and i mean i do i just love this like uh like crossover that you know champions on aew that hold belts and other promotions like do those belts matter in aew too so i thought it was interesting that uh you know andrade is is basically insinuating that he's going to challenge them for the tag titles and then you're wondering, well, who's his tag partner going to be? Um, I don't know if you guys have any idea or any any inkling of an idea of who, who might be his tag partner. LaParka. LaParka is not a bad pick. Like he, he said it, man. He says, like, yeah, I got luchador friends too, man. Yeah, fuck you. I got luchador <laughs> friends too, man. <laughs> who it could be anybody, dude. It could be fucking. Um, Park is a good pick. Um, who else does AAA have right now? I don't even know. Like that's the thing. Like I don't, I don't know AAA as well. They have the clowns, right? The psycho yeah, they clowns. Have, they have the clowns. <laughs> that's all I know right now is they have the clowns. Yeah, the clowns. But uh, I mean, talking about tag teams, regardless, the next match was um, Matt Seidel and Dante Martin versus Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson and. Bro, Dante Martin, man, Word. Uh, that kid is that kid is fun as hell to watch, and we've talked Yo. about him a few times on the show. And I'm in, I'm interested to see what's gonna happen at Top Flight when his brother comes back because Dante Martin is the one that right now is like capturing everybody's imagination, and, and yeah. people are really starting to get get behind him, and he's getting over as, as hell. Um, I just, you know, I'm curious, like it, I see, I see a little bit of Matt and Jeff Hardy here where, you know, they're both entertaining together, but Jeff was the one that all the fans loved because of his style. And I can see that coming with Dante Martin potentially as well. So um, 
I mean, what do you guys think of this match? Because <laughs> we will talk about what happened after this oh, match. <laughs> really fun. Yes. Really, really fun match. I feel the same about Martin as well. Like, I, I feel like he's made himself a standout out of, like, the, the newer AEW mm-hmm. class, I, I guess you would say, or the, or the newer talent. Man, amazing stuff between him and, uh, uh I forget Cody's partner's name. Uh, Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson's another one too who's kind of been setting himself apart. But yeah. uh yeah, great back and forth between them. Uh I don't really have nothing bad to say. I was kind of like rolling my eyes at this one because I was like, oh, Cody's having a match. <laughs> but uh another but you Cody, and Cody Rose. Cody, yeah, it's always fuck Cody Rhodes with me, probably. It's probably gonna be like that because he's always just Cody Rhodes to me. And I feel like he <laughs> thinks he's just this. And I get it, he's done all this amazing stuff outside of wrestling, but in terms of wrestling. And what you presented as on TV, he's just not, he's not, he's just going to be Cody Rhodes. And, but <laughs> what you call it, um, the match was great. Cody Rhodes, though, he had some great moments in this match. More, more stuff where it was just, uh, where you could see, um, Arn having to kind of really be like, all right, let me force my, let me, let me show you that I, what, what my word is and what my role is. And you really felt like Arn, he gave Arn a reason to kind of hold Cody ac- accountable in a sense. Mm-hmm. So that so that was cool and that that was interesting. But yeah, great great fucking match, man. And Matt Sydal, Matt Sydal could still go too. Oh my god, can't yo, he's unreal, man. He's unreal. unreal. I I thought it was awesome. I thought um, it was cool seeing Sydal and and Dante wrestle together on a tag. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. two different tags right now and interswap them, and then the, for those guys to work as so clean as they did and how smooth they work together. Yeah. Uh, I was super impressed. And Dante, again, man, the shit he can do, mm-hmm. you you can put him with anyone and it's going to be fucking entertaining. I mean, that the spots he can do where he can run from the ropes, cross the fucking middle of the ring, and then just prop himself up in springboard position on that top rope and just fly anywhere he wants. Oh, it's, yeah. it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen a human being do in professional wrestling. Kid's um, agile. Kid is agile. We're fucking <laughs> agile, dude. And I think some of the stuff you can do when you put him with some of these other guys on that roster in big high stakes matches, we're going to see some crazy, crazy shit from him in the future for sure. Yeah, I could see him really be like, like I said, like that Jeff Hardy where, you know, you can put him in a big match, like you said, and uh, he'll just elevate it. I mean, he may not win every match, and he doesn't have to win every match, but just like Jeff, like you put Jeff in there, Jeff is going to do the most memorable thing of that match, regardless of a win or loss scenario. So I do see a very similar, like, I don't want to say reckless because he just, he's so much smoother than Jeff, like, especially at that age. He's crisp, dude. Yeah, yeah, man, he doesn't. He does not look sloppy at all, especially with some of the shit that is so like inhuman. To not just steal his gimmick, but like that, it is fucking inhuman. Like the yeah. things that he can do is are, he's like a superhero. And I thought Ricochet to me has always been like yeah. real life Spider Man. Like that dude can who could just just do shit that you'd see like a superhero do. Uh, I, I see that for Dante Martin, man. He's almost like a hybrid for me of Jeff and, and Ricochet. Yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. He he hit that one spot where he landed on the outside on his feet and just screamed. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yeah. just fucking screamed. And that was just like, yeah, I can do this kind of shit. 
<laughs> Call me up. Let's get this shit going. But he was that's so why, fucking full of himself. It was so perfect. But that's why I'm saying he's just so smooth and crisp. Like, like the stuff that Jeff would do, not to just keep comparing them to, but like that like match moment, like stealer, like that's that match stealing moment. Like those those were like car crashes. And this yeah. is like this is like like a I don't know like a dance move, man. Like this thing is smooth. <laughs> yeah, it's more grace to it. Yeah, especially yeah, because with Jeff, a lot of his moments were involved with ladder matches, ladder matches. So he's jumping right. off of something and crashing through tables or crashing through somebody else who's prone on the on the ladder. So it's a lot of whereas mm-hmm. in with Martin, it's just like you just see air and smoothness, and you just see like I guess like his his technique. You just you see that motherfucker working. I also Absolutely. think Jeff Hardy, no no offense to Jeff Hardy, but I think Jeff Hardy was a lot more fucked up than Dante Martin was when he was doing <laughs> that shit. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was I coming. Jeff, I knew it was I coming. Think, yeah, you had to have known. You're talking about fucking <laughs> Jeff Hardy. That motherfucker was like, hey, well, well, Jeff, we're going to fucking do it again, right, brother? I'm going to jump off this 20-foot fucking ladder. For sure. And I landed on my spine. <laughs> <laughs> well... The uh, the outcome of this match is like the whole reason we were excited to get up this morning and do this podcast tonight. Oh, yeah. uh, oh my god! Oh my god! I, I think I think we've literally been talking about it the entire day. Dreams <laughs> so do the, come true. So has wrestling, wrestling Twitter and and social media like have all been talking about it all day, and that is the Arn Anderson promo. The greatest promo in AEW's history. <laughs> yep, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Truest thing ever said. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> a brief overview of what this promo was, and then we'll get into it. It was... Chris, Chris must have been marking out during this moment. You probably were so fucking happy that Cody Bro, was, was just like... getting fucking reamed. <laughs> Bro, I was I stood up and I was like, on Anderson, on fucking Anderson, and he's and the I, fucking I, man, yo. Bro, on Anderson added another twenty years to his career this night. <laughs> he's fucking, yes. bro. He he's top tier all the all 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 the <sighs> way. Nobody can say a bad thing about Arn Anderson right now, especially because he got the Glock. And you don't want to so, hear that shit. You don't want to talk shit to somebody who got a Glock. Yo, he'll fucking put you in the dirt, bro. bro he don't this. give a shit. Don't you that dad bod man? You know how strong that dad bod must be, dude. That guy, that dude can beat up anyone's stepdad. He can beat up <laughs> anyone's fucking stepdad. That dude's hard as fuck. Listen, Arn Anderson is in my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Just because as a kid, Arn Anderson was my hero. I wanted to be like Arn Anderson. He was the enforcer. What a badass! That's got to be one of those badass nicknames in professional wrestling. The fucking enforcer, double A, fucking and. This dude, this dude was not only, you know, a member of, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling faction of all time, the Four Horsemen, but he was also in the Dangerous Alliance, which is one of my other favorite fucking tag teams of all time, or sorry, factions of all time. And to see him go from, I mean, even going back now and watching him in 86 in Crockett, he's one of the best to ever do it on the stick, man. He's, he's, his promos, his interviews have all been amazing. So to see this motherfucker to say, hey, Cody, you're a fucking bitch and you don't fucking listen to me. 
And if a guy came to your car and tried to rob you, you'd cry like a little bitch. But you know what Arn Anderson would do? He'd pull out that fucking Glock 19 and fucking bust the fucking cap in your fucking face. Yo, that is the most gangster shit I've ever heard from an elderly wrestler. Like, oh my God, bro. Like, I was just like, I was just like, I need all the Arn Anderson shirts ever made. The best. The biggest Arn Anderson fan then. I was just like, and especially because of the Cody thing, because it was just a, a perfect combination. Of, of a lot for me that just made me go wow this is this is it this it's like who i never in a million years would have thought i would heard that in the wrestling promo anywhere it's yeah like, yeah for real it was wow. this is this this is the same guy that did stab sid vicious with a fucking pair of scissors and then <laughs> sid vicious took the yeah. scissors and almost killed arn anderson so he doesn't give a yeah, shit Dude, the fact, like, I'm sitting there watching this Arn Anderson promo, and it just keeps, like, like so I'm thinking it's going to be, like, the same old, same old. Arn's going to come out, and he's going to be like, Cody, you don't listen to me. And then it's just going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, Arn. I know I got to do a better job at listening to you. And then we're going to go on to the next segment. Right. Bro, what we got. <laughs> what we I know. got. Holy shit. Like. I want to know if Arn like practiced that shit like in the mirror before was, he went out there and did it. Oh, I just feel like he just like, like all right, I'm gonna wing it. That was and from the he, heart, baby. That was from the heart, dude. And then he said, the "He's like, I don't fucking train losers, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and fucking, fucking Come Cody on, Lee, was like, "You listen to me." Yeah, at least you listen <laughs> to me, you know, dumb fucking bitch like Cody. And Cody was like. Rats, he got me. Yeah, Cody was just there looking like a child who's just there looking dumbfounded like a sad little kid. Oh man, that was so great. That was Arn Anderson. The Arn memes that we have gotten all day have just been like the best thing about Uh, last night's tournament. uh, NRA backwards is Arn. That's my favorite one. (laughs) I love the forgot about Dre. The I do like Arn. Armed and dangerous is pretty good too. Armed and dangerous is also really yeah. good. You, I guarantee, next week on AEW, look in the crowd, you'll see some armed and dangerous T-shirts. Oh, you'll definitely. And the best part was, I was literally on Amazon today. I had to order some stuff on Amazon for the house, but like in my cart, like my shopping cart, I have a pair of Armed Anderson Carrera sunglasses. I'm like, <laughs> I, I have, I, I already have a knockoff pair, but I need that real deal. I need that C in the middle. All those awesome pictures of him where he's he's really 23, but he looks like he's like fucking 62. And yeah. he's just stunting in those fucking Carreras, bro. Just take a bunch of photos of you and your son while you're wearing those sunglasses. Like yeah. You'll just have, it, instant dad mode. Oh, he's the man, dude. I'm, cheers to Arn Anderson, America. <laughs> cheers to Arn. Oh, my God. So... So uh, following that match, you know, we have uh, Mox, Eddie, Darby versus Bear Country, Bear Boulder, and Anthony Green. Um, I mean, this is just, this is literally just, uh, like, I I didn't know what to think about this match. It was just an excuse for those guys to tag again and beat people up. My favorite part of that whole match is Sting trying to, 
uh, hop the barricade, but his groin just ain't letting him have it. And that fucking groin just like straight up no-celled Sting. And Sting is a legend, so Sting just worked right around it. Oh man, when they put they they had to push the barricade open. He even put a smile. He couldn't hold it in. Yeah. He smiled and he went. He looked at Darby and he said, "Ah, oh, fucking son of a bitch, man. Fucking shit." I lost it. I popped hard for that. He was just he, he even called himself. He's like, "I'm old as fuck, man. What am I doing? Move the fucking barricade." A, a week ago, we're talking about how he's defying nature by all the shit that he was doing in the ring. And then he tries to hop a barricade. It's like, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. He's like, that, that cross body could, I could definitely do it 100%. But this barricade, mm-mm. Yep. <laughs> it was a nightmare. But so and then we got, game, that was, it was a weird match. It. it was such a weird, like, because I remember they were coming out, and I think Bear Country and Anthony Green were already in the ring. And I was like, oh, Bear Country. And then I saw Anthony Green, and I was like, is this like Matt and Nick Jackson? Who is this? Is this a, like the third young buck? <laughs> and then as I looked at him, I was like, oh, that's that guy. And I have remembered him from, from NXT, and I think he was like an Evolve. He had like this retro look, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I liked that retro look way more. That shit was pretty cool. But they got to watch this match. They packed them up easily, Bear Country. Oh, and, yeah. And them got, got sent out of here. They got sent packing. I mean, we got a lot of tag action because the next match yeah, was Orange Cassidy and the Dark Order versus the Hardy Family Office. And, dude, that, I counted. That's a 16-man tag team match. Yeah. And- yeah, there was too much shit going on in this match, man. Awesome. Also, the end had some of the best spots I've ever seen. Oh, for real? Beginning, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because mm-hmm. we got half a Dark Order and then we got the other half a Dark Order. And then we have this other huge faction that's just tag teams. It's just a bunch of tag teams yep. in a faction. And then everybody's just going to run fucking ramp shot. And everyone's going to fucking throw elbows for fucking four hours. But then uh, here comes negative one running down the oh, ramp. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love the fact that like Brody Lee's, you know, this was Brody's uh, tribute show in a lot of ways being in his hometown and, Seeing his little boy run out to the run out the ramp and then throwing the papers at fucking uh, that Dark was awesome. Order. That, that was, was awesome. awesome. That yeah, was that great. Was so great. Uh, just like a you know, just a heartwarming end to that match. Just makes you feel good. But God, it was hard. It was really hard to follow until the end. And when when I when the end finally happened, like you said, Derek, those spots were insane. But. Uh, yeah, God. once there was a pin, I was like, okay, at least now I know it's over, and I know that that team won. It it literally was like they fucking – it looked like John Silver got the Mario star at the end of the match and just Whoa. started just running <laughs> through everybody. It was just, bam, 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 big spot, big spot. Yes. Spot, 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 Bro, let's talk about it, because him and Reynolds had one spot where I was like, whoa. Well, he did like a fucking, I think Reynolds did like a stunner, or maybe it was like a twist of fate stunner. That yeah. cutter, yeah. Yeah. Silver caught him into a German, and I was just like, oh my God, I love this. I could watch that spot over and over. That, to me, so that's cool. what I'm talking about. That spot was amazing. Like, that yeah. was, that was worth all of the confusion, because I was like, okay, <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, when the match started, I remember Justin Roberts, he was like, this is a 16-man tap. And I was like, I was like, counting my fingers, 16 men. I was like, where are going to find these wrestlers? And then they all came out, and I was like, oh, yeah, all right. But God I was damn. like, 16 men. 
then, uh, you know, following that match, we're moving on a little bit. Um, <laughs> another head scratcher of a moment for me in this show, and it wasn't AEW's fault. It was the fault of this particular uh, talent, and that was um, Leo Rush, who, Chris, you texted me right after <laughs> the promo, and he, and you texted me exactly what I was thinking, where you said, didn't this guy retire? Yeah, and, and I was like, "Yeah, man, a few times, a few fucking times now." Like, I don't know. Like, like, okay. First of all, I've seen Leo Rush like in the ring. Yes, he's impressive. Like, I'm not gonna lie, he is impressive. But is he worth all of this trouble? Like, how many companies has he gone over and tried to work for, and then like screwed over because he just decided he was gonna retire? Like he's retired like three times. He's done it to WWE. Well, WWE fired him, but that's different. But like, <laughs> but like, d- didn't he go to New Japan? Am I crazy? I, I think he did. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you're right. I think he did go to. He. I don't know if he did a full time stunt there, but I'm like pretty sure he went to New Japan. Yeah, he did. He did go to, to New Japan, but like, and apparently he's signed to both of them. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what's going on with Leo Rush, but apparently he is um, an, the LBO. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be a manager or a wrestler. Um, I'm incredibly what, confused. In five months, he's going to be with Matt Hardy. I guarantee you. Yeah, I oh. can see that. But with him, yeah, I, I do that. remember before 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 I saw this Leo Rush promo, there was like a thing where I think he had hurt his neck. And he was like, "Oh, I was, this is kind of like a forced retirement, but I'm gonna work out all these other due dates, all these all these other dates that I have." Mm-hmm. And he had did a couple of matches, and then I think they were, and then he was picking up titles, dropping titles, and I'm like, I'm looking at the, the at the Instagrams and the Twitters, and I'm like, I don't I don't think this is the thing this guy's pulling a fast one, but then I see this, and I'm like, I don't even know. And at this point, it's like I don't even care. I'm like, Yeah, whatever, Leo Rush, <laughs> come do a suicide dive somewhere and get super kicked. Okay. <laughs> Very <laughs> random. Yeah, yeah just, I just, yeah. I don't know what to think. I just, I really don't. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just like kind of soured on Leo Rush. Um, but yeah. like, I just don't know what to think. He is incredibly talented, and he could do a lot of like amazing stuff in the ring. But I mean, we'll see what we'll see what they do. Um, and yeah. you know, I, I forgot to bring it up earlier in the show, but um, talking about. You know, six-man tag matches, talking about Adam Cole earlier, um, you know, with the super click thing going on with Young Bucks being back together with Adam Cole, um, they've teased a few times here, like on social more than like on TV, especially the Young Bucks in their bio. They were just like, give us the trios titles. And they've been talking a little bit about, you know, bringing in more titles to AEW. Uh, A trios tag team title. Derek, I know that you and I have talked a very long time about how there needs to be a trios tag title in a major promotion. Um, We know that Ring of Honor has had the six-man tag titles, but I mean, to to have a to have a have wrestling promotion at the level AEW is at, how how exciting would it be to have a trios title finally? I think it would be exciting. A lot of companies have tried to do it. WCW had one for a small amount of time. It didn't work out. That I, I think that goes back to the the time frame of when they were introduced. I think six man wasn't wasn't 
what it was like now back then. And I think now if you brought it into the play and you had it, maybe you do the tag titles on dynamite and you do the six man titles on rampage. I think that would be the way to do it. I think it would make the show interesting and you can still have six man matches on pay-per-views and things like that. But dude, there's so many good teams you could have as six man champions and you can have a lot of good matches, especially you want to do the stuff now where you're having matches like Darby and Mox and Kingston teaming up together. You can put together some crazy teams and we can see some crazy champions. I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I would love to see see it. And if anybody could do it, I think AEW could do it, like you said, because they could put together just like a random three and it will work. Or they and they do have like solid groups with three already, like like the like the elite or or people dark order, anybody, you name it, the pinnacle, inner circle, whatever. There's a bunch of tables that you could pull from where Mm -hmm. it could kind of where it always makes sense and not really be like head scratching. So yeah, I think that would be pretty cool if AEW decided to the adopt the trios tag title. Yeah, and Derek and I have talked about it for a long time because some of our favorite, like some of our favorite stuff on the indies were things like Chikara's King of Trios, where oh, I knew you were gonna bring this up. Of oh, course, King of Trios. I mean, King of Trios was my favorite thing about Chikara because every year they'd have a massive tournament where it was all six man tag matches and then the winning team would become king of trios and you would have like these random tag teams um that were kind of pieced together um some of the my favorite ones and i know derek you're smiling because they were your favorites too the ones where they would grab guys from old uh, older wrestlers from other promotions or like you know they would have wwf team wwf and it was um you know demolition Demolition and one man gang yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, it'd be like demolition one man gang, or they'd have like team ROH or they'd have or team impact, and they would yeah. have these great teams. I remember one year, I think it was team team impact. I want to say it was like Chris Sabin, Petey Williams. I might be wrong. I know for a fact they had a, a solid team like that. Well, I um, remember the team ECW one year was was Tommy Dreamer, Two Cold Scorpio, and Jerry Lynn, and that shit yep. was awesome. That I was that was a sick Scorpio. year, dude. Some of their teams, they just they just knew how to book. That was, of course, the Colony one every fucking year. Yeah, well, but I mean, but also like the matches were just so creative, and and they used the lucha rule in tag, yeah. where if a guy gets thrown out of the ring. Um, the next man up becomes the legal man. So that doesn't have to be an active tag. So there's always something happening. So for me, when I look at, you know, trios titles, um, and AEW does kind of do that thing where they follow the action more than they follow the rules. And uh, I could see if they start doing some, those trios titles have stuff like that, where they incorporate new kinds of rules. Like, it's basically a, a clean blank slate for them to work out of because there's no like promotion that's been at that level that's had something like that. So I think they can draw from a lot of the the places that those guys have wrestled in in the indies and you know start to adapt it into something else. But again, like I said, it was something I was thinking about before. I forgot to bring it up, but um, uh, moving in towards the uh, the end of the show here uh we had uh what was it 
think it was. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, they had the Anna Jay and Ty Conti uh, tag match. Um, again, ending with negative one coming into the ring. Just yeah. a super touching moment. Um, and, and now I remember where I was going. It was, <laughs> once again, an MJF promo. Oh, yeah. Yo. Oh, MJF, man. That dude's a fucking savage. Yeah, so he's also a piece of shit, but he's a fucking savage. <laughs> he is a real and like Tony Schiavone just muttering under his breath every time like that MJF is out there. Like it's just some of my favorite part of Tony's uh, yeah, I love, I love him. everybody's it, just committed in AEW to just it's you know what I love the most about AEW that every they kind of nobody's alienated. A lot of the times in, in WWE. All these wrestlers kind of just feel like they're in it. Just they're just like their own person. Where like mm-hmm. like in the attitude ever used to get things where just people were just walking backstage, they'll just bump heads, and it was kind of like this, where it kind of felt like a place where they all just hung out and not just was people were separated. And AEW does a good job of making everybody feel like they know each other, that they're aware of each other, like you know. And I just I just love it. Everybody has like the same ideal that the fans should have towards a certain person. It's it's dope. I fuck with it. So going back to Shivani, yeah, Shivani with the with the, the little smart marks, the little comments. I love it. It's great. Yeah, man. And 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 it's funny that you say that because like the acknowledgement <clears throat> is always something that when, when MJF is talking, his acknowledgement of other wrestlers is usually almost always him tearing them down. But for the first time ever, like MJF kind of comes out. And he's talking like he is a company man more than he's talking about himself being MJF. And he talks about the pillars of the future. And he he and he you know pays respect to guys like Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, obviously himself, um, and uh, and and Darby, of course, Darby. And um, I thought that was really interesting. And then of course he turns it right back to MJF mode, and you know that he's the best, and he's the one that you know hasn't had the title shots that he deserves, and and it's all just very like very on brand for him after that. Right. But man, when he drops when he drops the bomb about Bruce Pritchard, I was like, whoa, okay, nobody cares about getting yeah. sued, nobody cares about, no one cares about any of that. Nah, dude, Word. I couldn't believe but- it. Can we talk about the greatest line I think delivered in the last five years of professional wrestling? Oh, I really like your whole sc- your your whole school shooter mime on a skateboard. <laughs> I lost my fucking shit. I said, "What did he just say?" Well, that's why it was like last night when it happened. I was like, "Yo, there's a line." Uh, MJF doesn't give a fuck if he crosses it. Like, he crossed that shit and then went up a fucking mountain. He didn't give a fuck. He just kept on walking. And like, Jesus, man. MJF Darby, though, like, I want to say that was uh, something that they did in MLW. So there, there, is, there is some familiarity there. But yeah. obviously in AEW, we really haven't gotten it. And we have not gotten neither one of those guys at the level that they're at right now either. So... Ah, uh, sign me up. Sign me fucking up because I think MJF versus Darby could be a very good long-term uh, rivalry. Oh, agreed. Yeah, agreed. agreed. I think those guys are the future of the company, and I think the stuff they can do and the friggin' matches we can see is really what's going to shape up, you know, AEW as a company. And 
I totally agree with what he said with the pillars and these young guys are going to be the face and put this company on their back. But the cool thing is we see these young guys like Jungle Boy and Darby and MJF. But now we have guys like Brian fucking Danielson and CM Punk and Christian Cage and fucking Kenny Omega at the forefront. And we get this nice little blend where we see these guys grow to see what they're going to do. But at the same time, we still get to see them go up against guys who have been in the business who are seasoned. It's, it's, it's a great mix. And uh, I think this company is just going to get better and better. And, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Yeah, we've sure. talked about, we've talked about on the show before that MJF is the type of heel that doesn't need a championship to be like a top guy. He right. like his, his persona like supersedes him needing to be a champion obviously he is a champion which is where i do think this is going and i'll get there in a second but um obviously all you want for the baby face is to watch him beat the shit out of this snotty fucking heel Uh we all know mjf has had a very tumultuous rivalry with sammy guevara and that's where I think this is heading because Sammy last night defied all logic, all any, I don't think anybody would have predicted last night that Sammy Guevara would become the new TNT champion getting a win over Miro. And that match was fucking great. That was a oh, great match it was- to end a show. I knew they were going to put the belt on him because he did that promo about Fuego del Sol. And I knew how he is in the company and how seasoned he is with them now and what they've gone with the lengths they've gone to keep him there and keep him happy. I knew they were going to put the belt on him. And uh, I was like against Miro. Like this is such a friggin' cool moment. It's not about, it's not against anybody. It's not some Joe Schmo. I mean, we've seen a lot of good TNT champions, but I think the fact that it was Miro made it that much better because I think it told a great story. And I think this shit, man, some of the shit he was doing, I, I forget. I sleep on, on Sammy Guevara a lot. Um, but he is, he's that guy that I have a lot of dream matches with because in my mind, when punk came in, that was the first match I thought of. I said, punk for Sammy would be great. Even punk versus Danielson would be great. Uh-huh. Um, punk versus Andrade. Just sorry, yeah, uh, Sammy versus Andrade. So, uh, yeah, man, um, a very, very cool moment. And I popped for I watched it today, this morning, and Gunner was with me, and he had no clue why I was getting fucking screaming at the fucking computer. But he, I think he understands <laughs> now. He gets it. Man, I do sleep on Sammy too. Like, he's a guy that, like, I'm not, I haven't always been the biggest Sammy Guevara fan. Um, but every time I watch one of his matches, they're always entertaining and they're always good. I just don't know what it is for me that hasn't connected with Sammy yet. I don't know. I don't know if he has like that, that extra gear, that, that it factor that can like send him over to become like a next level superstar. But, um, I, I can honestly say he's, he's, pretty damn good at, at, at the, on the mic he's pretty fucking amazing in the ring 
Um, there's no reason to not like Sammy as, as a performer here. And man, I am just kind of sad because I really loved Miro as the TNT champion, but oh it was God. time for a baby face champ. Yeah, he'll win it back. Yeah, I, I was a little upset. I'm not going to lie because not, not anything against Sammy Guevara, but I just really like Miro's run. And I've really just him getting that win over Sammy, I feel like would have just added a little bit more oomph to him having that 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 reign. But Sammy also winning it. I was a big fan of Sammy when he was a when he was a heel, when Inner Circle was a heel. I was like, wow, they're they're cool. Sammy's having all these great matches. And he still went on to have great matches. But when Sammy, mm-hmm. when they turn face, I'm not really a big fan of Sammy face. I just I don't know. It just seems a little too like like him him trying too hard to be like a good guy. But I guess it is what it is. Like similar to how Seth Rollins was when he had like that that face run when he was like fighting the fiend like around that era mm-hmm. when he was just like yeah and it kind of felt like you were forced to cheer him, but yep. uh but Sammy Gar- Gar- he's fucking amazing like he has these AJ style s spots where he's doing fucking somersaults over the middle of the fucking turnbuckle to the outside of the ring and fucking what do you four hundred twenties onto Miro's balls. And like yeah, it's, it's crazy, but he's he's. I was like, he fucked Miro up on. Bro, when that happened, I was I was really, really I cringed. I, I cringed. And let me tell you something, man. If you need someone to get hit by a fucking golf cart, Sammy <laughs> yeah. Guevara is your fucking man. You know, that was like he can take man. he can take a golf cart spot every day of the week, man. That dude just doesn't give a shit. He'll break his fucking face. Yeah, he's just to get a fucking fun. good golf cart spot. King of the golf cart bump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very well said. He invented but, a spot, if you really think about it. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's true. WWE did it, like, what, four weeks later or, like, a month later? They did it, <laughs> I think, or whatever the big pay-per-view was. I think it was Mania. Yeah, no, WWE never steals anything from any other promotion, Chris. They thought of everything yeah. first. Everything, like, man. That top rope spot, yeah. They're gonna, that I hardcore they're title gonna was original. <laughs> the hardcore title, yep. The light heavyweight championship. Yeah, bro. How long did that last? No one's ever thought of anything like that before. Um, yeah, man. But I, I will say, I do see MJF feuding with Darby for a while, and you know, Sammy gets his run as champion for a bit, and then it's going to be Sammy and MJF, and that's where you'll see that rivalry really hit its peak, and MJF, I think, Will will be the next TNT champion after Sammy. That is that is my prediction. Uh, I agree um, with that. You heard it here first. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think Miro does with this? Do you think? Because you know what I thought. I That's what know, I'm afraid of. I don't know what the fuck Lana is doing now, but I thought Lana was gonna come out and help uh, Miro retain somehow ah. yesterday. Oh, and she did cool. it, and I'm like, what the fuck is Lana? And and I, and then instead, fucking Miro's getting his balls fucking splattered. But you raise a good point. You raise a really good point because where's London? We know that. Well, she she's been tweeting. You know, here and there, she tweets like how many days she has left, kind of thing. Oh, Uh, so I have a feeling that this is going to be like Miro is distraught in losing his title, and Lana comes into the picture to steer him. And basically, now he's just going to run through the roster with her, like, guiding him through it. And that's kind of where I see that going. Like, I think now I was afraid 
of where Miro's character was going to go because obviously when he came in it was it was shit but I and he's he's really turned his career in AEW around I love his gimmick I love I loved him as champion and now that you bring up the point of Lana being you know available to possibly come into the picture I do think that that's going to be a big part of his storyline going forward and maybe you know maybe he goes into the world title picture pretty soon yeah, well, I think they've been teasing it because didn't he say, "Well, my God up high, my wife down low." I'm pretty yeah. sure that he's been. I jacked. fucking love that. That's amazing. Yeah. and he's amazing. Yeah, so she, it's inevitable almost, but it's just how she's gonna come into the fold. Where I feel like that's where it's the most important. Yes. But the way you broke it down, I think that's fucking. It blew my mind because I'm like, yes, that was just perfect because he's a monster, and that's the, that's like he's booked as a monster, and I feel like that keeps him what he's supposed to be, you know, just dominant. Mm-hmm. And that's how I want yeah. to just fucking, fucking cranking that, that accolade in or the game over. Yeah, yeah man. Let's just, let's just be honest. I think Lana's with Bobby Lashley right now. I think that's <laughs> uh, I think that's what's going to her, the, her, her business is back, yo. So it's, yeah. she's he all aboard. The, title. He got to go back, you know, he goes back into act, yeah. habits and shit. You know, shit happens. I can't wait. I'm so happy that the hurt business is back together just so they can get broken up at the draft. Yeah, it's just, hey, let's take the greatest thing we've had for a long, long time and just fucking flush it down the fucking toilet, and then we'll bring it back, and then we'll just get rid of everybody. Shelton no Benjamin. one will remember. No one will remember that it was ever a thing. Poor fucking Shelton Benjamin's got to be sitting there like, come on, man, I hope this fucking works. I hope this well, I fucking works. Shelton Benjamin was one of my favorite wrestlers like to watch. He was, like, when, when he was like in 2000. Amazing. He was amazing, bro. I used to just watch him in RVD. And fucking Tajiri, I remember we shouted out to Jerry last podcast, but Tajiri mm. RVD, even the Hurricane, I used to fucking love the Hurricane. Oh yeah, when he had, I remember when he did, yeah, exactly. I, I was so excited. The fucking choke slam. I remember I was like, <laughs> what happened? What happened to the Hurricane? And then he turned into Gregory Helms, and I was yeah. like, wow, this is cool. I, I was I was in for Gregory Helms, man. I love. I was in for Gregory Helms in the Shining Wizard. It was my oh, favorite man. move. I was a. Uh... I was a super rosy guy. <laughs> I fuck with super rosy. Oh man. Superhero in training. Oh man. That's a throwback. That was good times, man. I loved Hurricane and Rosie. They <laughs> they ruled Sunday night heat. Oh Mighty Molly. Uh, and Mighty, Mighty Molly. Molly. Wasn't Stacy Keebler a superhero at one point? Mike, they probably all were at some point. This is the <laughs> WWE. That's a good question. I always just pictured it being, like, yeah, Molly Holly. In like I the, think I want to say that Stacey Keebler was was uh, with Hurricane for a short period of time. I'm uh, shocked he hasn't come back and done anything with Nikki Cross. I'm, I'm just not, shocked they haven't they haven't cast I, that. In I yet. know, mm-hmm. I know. I'm I, waiting for it. Yeah, maybe I like one of the bigger like the big fours. Like I don't know, but I don't know how it will make sense. Like, how can that, like, I don't know. WWE is super strange about doing, like, the, the intergender tags. Like, they made a whole show about it to make it seem like they're not, and then they don't even do it no more. Yep. It's crazy. Dude, they made, fucking sh- they made fucking Shane Thorne a fucking Crocodile Dundee gimmick. Oh, my God. What, what is what is going what? on? Oh, my God. And they didn't even talk about it. He just came out. With a fucking crocodile Dundee hat on. This is this is this is after his um because wasn't he in that in that uh group? He was Applejacks or whatever his name was. 
<laughs> he was Apple Jacks. He was with a fucking hockey mask. <laughs> with a stupid ass hockey mask. God, man, you took that. you took two really good wrestlers with him and what's his Dominic name? Djokovic. Uh, thank you. And just what the fuck, man? T bar. What the fuck, T bar? <laughs> and Mace. Oh God! Uh, Applejacks. Yeah. I just, I just feel. <laughs> Yo, Applejacks. That's oh my God! I hope WWE uses that for a character one day. Uh, yeah. No, I'm gonna use that for a creative wrestler. <laughs> yes. Yo. Jacks. The dope creative wrestler. And he only fights in extreme rules. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, though, um, I guarantee Shane Thorne was just sitting in catering for like the fucking thousandth time and vince mcmahon must have just walked in looked at him looked at bruce pritchard and was just like who the hell is that guy and he's just like yeah. oh that's that's shane thorne he's on our roster and he's just like where's he from and he's just like australia he's like oh god damn we don't have a steve Irwin kind of wrestler on our roster and he called him what over f- and he gave him the gimmick and that was the end of it yeah, Put a fucking sure. kangaroo on the Titan Tron. You're going to be hunting crocodiles. I wonder what the thought process was for carrying cross. Dude, <laughs> we have dude. to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Carrying cross right now. I am so confused because <laughs> one moment he's like sh- fucking Sean O'Hare, like devil's advocate kind of gimmick. And then he goes out and he looks like freaking uh humongous from mad max yeah dude or from road like, warrior it's so sad to see man because i feel like he could be so much like he could be like a kane-esque type character or like a even like a jason Voorhees kind of character but now like the way that they just showing him and it's not like i don't know man i don't know what they're trying to do because i feel like them adding little elements to him like his appearance to make it seem yeah. like he's badass that's not what sells the character like you gotta like you got to talk. And, like, to go back to AEW, like, like the promos that they're cutting, that Arn is cutting and MJF is cutting, they're saying all this outlandish shit, but at the end of the day, you say all that outlandish shit kind of in real life and, like, a real argument. And, like, when you hear shit like that, it just resonates more because it feels natural. So when you see that shit in WWE, it's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, and it feels like to what you're saying, Mike, that it's just, like, a 90s, like, sitcom where it's just all about colors and or whatever the fuck more than more about the actual like character and whatnot that actually matters but it feels scripted like it just it, feels it really does scripted. It feels, yeah sorry it feels like a uh, it feels like classic wwf like that old school saturday morning cartoon wwf style where mm-hmm. we're gonna have more characters and everything's gonna be scripted and we're gonna have these outlandish fucking bullshit fucking yeah. cartoon characters on fucking tv every day I just think that Vince looks at it as like we've gone through competition before and we changed with the times, but we always did things our way and borrowed here and there. But like, I think I just see Vince just basically taking the same strategy and reapplying it. Like I do, I don't think he's sweating AEW at all. I think he's like, oh, I've been through this before, and I'm going to do exactly what I did that, that time. Build new stars from a young age the way that I want to build them, which is what he's going to do in NXT, 
and it's going to be based around characters, which is exactly how it was during the rise of ECW and the rise of WCW. And like, I just feel like this thing's going to turn around at a point where he knows that he can make, he can, he can start to rack up the W's. I just don't know if this time around the average wrestling fan is going to care when he is, he's bided his time that much. Cause that's the difference I think between now and then is now this is a legitimate alternative after WWE monopolized wrestling versus before where you had all of these options and they were just better than WWF. Like, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a weird time but I think Vince is trying to pull out the old playbook for a, for a time that it may not work for. Very well said. Yeah. And he has like, what, 70 years of lineage with the WWE. So I can see why he might think that. But this yeah. motherfucker needs to start drawing on some new plays. Or something. <laughs> yeah, man. He needs to run that wildcat fucking offense. <laughs> you need to get with LeBron and figure out what LeBron been doing. I, I don't know. But I mean, hey, I'm gonna he's say this. He's already got a Braun. He's got Braun Breaker, bro. I was just gonna bring it up, dude. I fucks with Braun Breaker, yo. Braun's Breaker, Rex Steiner, man. No, that his is, name dude. is Braun Breaker. Nah. Yeah, what do you man, think about him? Not, what do you think about them not using the Steiner name? You think that's just they did the same right? thing to Curtis Axel? Yeah, that's true. That's Twice. True. Yeah, they don't. They know it's his real name, so they don't want him to use it. I mean, his real name is Rex Steiner. That's his actual fucking last name. Mm-hmm. But they can't like own WWE, it. what's your last name? Oh, it's Rex Steiner. We want that. But we can't have it because it's your actual name. So we're going to call you some bullshit fucking ridiculous fucking nightmare. Now, they'll, once he gets called up, I feel like he'll be, Rick, he'll be Rex Steiner. But at that point, it'll be like they'll trick him into giving them the other rights to him. I don't think he will. I don't think he's... He'll put like two R's or something. Yeah, that's what I think he'll do. Or he'll just go by Frank Stein. (laughs) (laughs) Frank and Stein. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Vince, we have a new... We have have a new name for Braun Breaker. It's Frank and Stein. Oh, that's great. Fucking good You think about that all by yourself? (laughs) Uh, You can't work colorful... You can't wear colorful singlets anymore. Take away the colorful singlets. You know what, though? Like, Braun Breaker has to change as his name because that last name is 1K away from being a problem. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Why does it need 2Ks? You already had a guy named Braun. Why the fuck are we going for another Braun? He's, he doesn't work time. there anymore, Derek, and it's spelled different. No one Man. will know. Man, no he's... He's he's finding his narrative, man. Whatever the fucking EC3 shit is. I see, like, every time I look at the AEW roster, I, I see, like, I feel like if Vince looked at that roster, his freaking, like, head would explode. That you have a Christian Cage, a Brian Cage, an Ethan Page, and an Adam Page, and none of them are related. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, because like that, that's crazy. I was just, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to have similar names on the WWE roster. It just doesn't happen. Nope. nope. You get you get Adam Cole and Michael Cole. That's it. <laughs> well, they wanted to change Adam Cole's name. 
I heard that the other day, like if Adam Cole would have went and bu- done the whole manager thing, that he would have had to cut his hair and change his name. And he would have uh, changed his name because Michael Cole is the goddamn commentator. Yeah, if they would have named him. He should have pulled a Cole named of, Adam. <laughs> yeah, or fucking Adam Panama would have been good too. Oh, <laughs> Adam Panama. Adam Panama. Like that would have been great. <laughs> Well, on that note, we'll start wrapping this thing up here. Uh, Chris, thank you again for joining us. Uh, as always, it's just a yes, so much fun. Chris, where can our our listeners find you and your work? You can find me on Instagram at Young Christ Y U N G K R I S T. That's also my website, uh, YoungChrist.com. Yeah, that's me. Find me on there. Get on there, buy some prints, bro. Please, yeah. Do it. Get me rich, please. Got some <laughs> sick, got some sick work there. And, I have friends and... available and bookmarks. If you guys read, I got wrestling bookmarks. I got some Austin bookmarks. Got some rock bookmarks. Got some Roman Reigns bookmarks. I got a bunch of different shit on there. So check it out if you're interested. Yeah, man. Okay. Shout out to the Scholastic Book Fair, yo. Go out there and read some books. <laughs> Young sure. Christ showing up, stocking up those book fairs, man. Yeah, go get go get some erasers that look like football. <laughs> go waste your parents' money, people. Nah, you gotta get those erasers that are dollars. You know, the, yeah, the get dollar bills. Get get the fucking pens that have like fucking five different colored inks in it. Yeah, represent. Oh yeah, that's, that's go funny. educate yourself. Those, get were, yourself those were gangster. Yep, go ask just, mom and daddy for twenty bucks. You got this. Do what I do and get a fucking book on the NBA that's just pictures and you don't have to read it at all. <laughs> just because you want to see how tall Shaquille O'Neal is. Yeah. No funny shit. That's what I'll do, bro. If this got pictures, these are fire. Yeah, and fuck the ones that got words in them. I want to see. Fuck, I want to snap this one. <laughs> I want to see the guy in Ripley's Believe It or Not who's got like 20-inch fingernails. I don't want to read a fucking book. Come look at this weird book I got. It's the, oh, world's tra- the world's tallest Chinese man is in here. Oh, Yo, what? No joke. One year at the book fair, I took my money and I didn't even buy a book. I bought a Lincoln Park poster. That, the fact that they even had that is amazing. I know that. Oh, holy shit, I'm you? choking. Oh, fuck. Holy fuck. Mike, you're fucking badass, yo. You're fucking badass. Holy shit. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. You bought a fucking Linkin Park poster. <laughs> you got school fucking rocks, bro. Yeah, fucking school kicks ass, bro. Bro, your principal was probably a diehard Lincoln Park fan. They were probably just <laughs> fucking a paper cut and shit. Fucking no. Dude, I remember just walking by. And I just saw him. And I thought to myself, I'm like, how the fuck did this get here? Yo, my dad would be so fucking pissed if I came home from the... I just imagine his face saying, yeah, what uh, what books you pick up? I got this fucking sweet Lincoln Park poster. He'd smack me in the fucking face. What the fuck? I, get I told you to get books. I can read the poster, Dad. It says Lincoln Park on it. You're welcome. That's crazy. That's fucking... What'd you get at the book fair? I bought this awesome Chinese finger trap. It kicks ass. Oh, my God. Yo, the little dad. Get out. Uh, 
crank. I got fucking vampire teeth. The fucking gum that shocks you. Shocking gum. Shocking. No. These are like prizes you get at a Dave and Buster's. It has nothing to do with the Scholastic Book Fair. No, not at all. They just needed kids to come down and make it look like they're going to fucking do something. They had oh. to make something out of that trip. Oh, oh God. Well, Derek, aside off. from attending aside from attending book fairs, where else can people find you that listen to this show? Oh, I forgot, we this. I forgot this is check, check out our other podcast, Kicking It Scholastic. <laughs> you can find <laughs> You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. <laughs> no, you can find me on Twitter at Falls Count Anywhere. That's Falls with a Z. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, Falls Count Anywhere. That's Falls with a Z. And uh, me, Mike Louie, you can find me on all those socials at uh, M-I-K-E-L-E-W-I-E. You can find our show, Wrestling Reanimator, on spotify and itunes if you are listening to this you probably already knew that but you can also follow us on social media on instagram at you know wrestling reanimator and on twitter at wrestling reani that's wrestling r-e-a-n-i um and uh you know we we enjoy doing this show for anybody who's willing to sit and listen to it and we just enjoy just talking wrestling with each other so it's a win-win um So we thank you, as always, for taking the time. So until next time, friends, enjoy that wrestling. Hell yeah. Yeah, read a book, you fucking bitch. Fuck going over.